This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Activated by contract termination. Rumors of our demise are greatly exaggerated. Welcome to Stacy on the Right with your host, Stacy Washington. She's blessed to be a Bible-reading, gun-toting, Air Force veteran, wife and mom, righteously American. <laughs> okay, I can't, I can't. I was going to try to be serious coming into the show today, but I can't because it's Friday. Happy Friday. Good news Friday. Yeah, I'm here for this. I'm here for you. Yeah, still still cranking away at the podcast, still doing this thing. So excited about all the, the just lots of cool things coming down the pipeway, but mainly excited because um, we have some, so we have good news today and we have a little bit of bad news, but the bad news, in my opinion, is something that we can rally around because it's a symptom or sign or result of um, successes that we've been able to accomplish. And we've done all of this through the glory of God. And what I'm speaking of is pro-life movement here in the state of Missouri and elsewhere. So you might be thinking, well, what are we going to talk about today? Let me, let me tell you. Here's what we're going to talk about. Um, Good News Friday. We have a couple of items for that. Um, And then we also have a little bit of audio for you. And then we have, um, well, I'll start off with the kind of bad news that's the result of good things that have happened. Um, We are going to talk about the ex-Ukraine envoy, the testimony that did not go well. That was yesterday. The unemployment rate. Um, the uh, whole CNN ads that, so these were Trump ads that CNN refused to play, which is just proof that we're winning, if you ask me. And then President Trump throwing down the gauntlet and saying, if you're going to impeach me, then go ahead and vote about it and make it official. And then when you make it official, I'll pay attention to you. But if you're not going to make it official, then get out of my face. True and classic Trump. Um, so we'll talk about that too. Um, I think what I'll do is I'll start off by going over to this um, this Planned Parenthood mega clinic. Now, before I, I launch this audio bit here for you, um, can I just say to you that the only reason they would need to build a mega clinic in Illinois, which is now the abortion capital of America, is because Missourians have literally prayed them out of here. We've literally stood on the sidewalk. And this has been going on long since before I ever stood on the sidewalk. Many, many women and men and clergy and priests and everybody else who've gone before me uh, have been praying there long before, since the 22 years we've lived in Missouri. Since before that, they've been praying in front of these clinics and taking the number of clinics in Missouri down from 12 to one. One Planned Parenthood abortuary left in the state of Missouri. It's in St. Louis on Forest Park Boulevard, and it is unlicensed. And so currently operating without a license. And so now that I've given you the background there, because of our pro-life legislation, because of our pro-life governor, Governor Parsons, um, because of before him, it was Governor Greitens who was pro-life. Because of the legislative victories we've had with our pro-life legislature, we have been able to just Literally, it's the the sword of the spirit that has gone before us and paved the way for them to be, they're on their last legs here. So what they're doing is they've gone 13 miles to the east of us and they've built a secret clinic that they've just unveiled. I want you to hear this news bit. I'm giving you the national news cut here instead of local news pieces because I want you to hear Gail King asking their quote unquote reproductive rights reporter about this place 
and see, you know, like you can post your thoughts in the uh, the chats and, and so on. It's chilling. Take a listen. The president's job and sworn duty to safeguard taxpayer dollars. Okay, that's not what that is. <laughs> Let's check and Joe see. Joe Biden it's... promised. So number one did not come over. What I'll do is I will communicate with Noah and see what happened with number one. Because um, number one is that pro-life audio. I just make sure it's not number. No, I know it's not number three. Is it number four? What do you think the world should be doing about climate change? No. What do you think the world should? No. So we do not have that one. I will def definitely message Noah and see if he can get it over. Um, the long and the short of it is that they have this clinic that they've been building for over a year, and it's 18,000 square feet. And the reason they kept it secret is because they have on occasion been um, – it's been really, really sad. They've had, it's it's been sad and it's been great. Um, what happens is they'll say they're building a Planned Parenthood and contractors will say, well, I'm not wiring a Planned Parenthood. Um, other people will say, no, I'm, no, I'm, this is not for me. I'm not working on it. I'm not going to deliver kitchen cabinets to an abortuary. I'm not going to put my products in an abortuary. People will protest. Other businesses will protest because they don't want their business near an abortuary. So what happens is they have trouble. So they called this place Arthur. And they said it was the Arthur Clinic, and they didn't say what it was for. And so they were able to get it built. And it, so 18,000 square feet, it's one of the largest Planned Parenthoods in the country. And it is literally right there, 13 miles from here. Now, they already have uh, about a third of their patients over there in the – so it's still the St. Louis Metro – are coming from Missouri and other states because all the states that surround Illinois are states that have recently implemented uh, laws that restrict abortion. And so they, they're crowing about this because they feel like they've gotten something done. But we're not done. We are not done. We are not above driving the 13 miles from downtown St. Louis over to their new Planned Parenthood clinic and protesting there which is what we're going to do next week on Wednesday. So if you are local to the area and you are of the mind to continue this battle, please join us there. We're going to pray. We're going to have some people speaking. I'll be speaking for just a few minutes, and we're going to pray there on their new death camp. We're going to pray there. We're going to call upon the name of the Lord, and we are going to put his word forward because God's word does not return void. And we believe that they can take the battle to wherever they want to, Jesus already was slain on the cross for all of our sins. He went down after he was resurrected, after he rose from the dead. He went down to Hades and took the keys to the gates of hell, and he conquered death on our behalf. And now he has ascended and is at the right hand of the Father, and he is pleading on our behalf, which includes those of us who are still deceived and believe in abortion on demand. And he will deliver us from this scourge. We do not say if he will deliver us. We do not say we aren't sure if he'll do it. We know he is yes and amen, and he will do it. He will do it. So it is for us to continue to fight, even in the face of setbacks like this one. So, you know, victory over here in Missouri, uh, a new battlefield over there in Illinois. So we're going to tackle that, and we're going to have a good time doing it. Um, so since I'm going to go back to that audio in the next segment, hopefully we can get it over for you, because I do want you to hear what they have going on um, over there. The the details, they they think it's a good thing that they were able to deceive pro-life contractors into working on uh, a project like that. 
That's that's the enemy right there. Okay, I just want you to know that is the enemy when um, the enemy actually says, oh, let me trick people into working on an abortion clinic. That's the enemy. So um, so let's let's get into. Okay, now for people who are saying we're buffering, you can always go to StacyOnTheRight.com and Facebook seems to be up perfectly. YouTube is hating on me right now. No, they, no stream whatsoever over there. And, um, oh, and we're live on Periscope. So if you want to go over to Twitter and watch on my, tw- on my Twitter feed, it's there as well. So let's get back to um, the story. So Good News Friday. I love this news because, so if you want to just, I'm going to continue to give you good reasons why Democrats don't feel they can beat President Trump. First of all, we know they don't think they can beat him because they're running the impeachment inquiry. If they were certain that they could spank President Trump at the ballot box, they wouldn't need the impeachment. They wouldn't need to try to weaken him in the eyes of voters. They wouldn't try to give them, give voters um, Trump fatigue. It's what happened with Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton had... Uh, basically, people were just tired of him because of the impeachment. And he was on his second term, but still. Um, so here we are. The un- unemployment rate has fallen to a 50-year low, 50, 50. We are now at a 3.5% unemployment rate. The president was so happy about it, he crowed on Twitter, breaking news, unemployment rate at 3.5% drops to a 50, all caps, year low. Wow, America, let's impeach your president, even though he did nothing wrong. (laughs) So uh, CNBC is reporting that unemployment hit a fresh 50-year low in September, even though non-farm payrolls rose by just 136,000 as the economy nears full employment, as reported by the Labor Department. Now, the jobless rate dropped 0.2 percentage points to 3.5%, matching a level last saw in December of 1969. A more encompassing measure that includes discouraged workers and the underemployed also fell, declining 0.3% points to 6.9%, matching its lowest in nearly 19 years and just off the all-time low of 6.8%. Jobless rate for Hispanics also hit a new record low, while the level of African Americans who are unemployed maintained its lowest rate ever. The drop in the unemployment rate was for positive reasons, as it did not reflect a corresponding decline in the labor force participation rate, which held steady at 63.2%. So that's a total labor force increase of 117,000 Americans, while the employment to population ratio increased one-tenth of a point to 61%. Now, growth missed expectations, but employment data was stellar. So uh, it was another sluggish month of growth for the economy, again, with the non-farm payrolls counting uh, the counting of those missing $145,000, uh, 145000 estimate from economists surveyed by Dow Jones. So the long and the short of it is that it's good news. Uh, you, you, you know, you can always go to the non-farm payrolls and do, you know, a little bit of looking around there and say, oh, it's not as good as expectations. But it, those are just expectations. They're not written in stone. And when we miss those, it's either in the negative range or in the positive range. So what do I feel? Like that's some good news Friday. That is good news Friday. Can I get can I get an amen on that? But I'm not done. There's a little bit more good news. So um, President Trump, he sent a letter to Pelosi saying that he ain't hearing what she's putting down. She can say whatever she wants, but he's not going to he's not going to play games with her. So this is per Chad Pergram. 
He says his colleague, John Roberts, confirms that the White House will send a letter to Nancy Pelosi saying that the administration doesn't have to comply with any demands from Congress unless the House votes to launch an impeachment inquiry. Now, why is this important? Well, it turns out that the president doesn't have to answer subpoenas unless the House has officially launched an inquiry. Right now, they're just talking about it. So what we're seeing right now is them using their bully pulpit of the media to make Americans think the president is under impeachment when the House hasn't actually voted. Now, why does the president want the House to actually vote? Well, beyond giving the subpoena power to the entire House instead of just the Democrats who are in charge, they're, they're in control of, of that body, it also puts every single member of the House of Representatives on the record with their voters in their home districts, whether they come from swing districts or solid red or solid blue districts. Every voter will know my representative voted either to impeach the president, who I hate, so yay, it voted to impeach the president, who I don't see him as doing anything wrong, so looks like I won't be voting for you next time, et cetera, et cetera. Everyone will be on the record, which helps the president in two ways, which I just described. Now, according to Axios, which is a left-wing news outlet, Trump is daring Pelosi to hold a vote. They had a piece up over there where they said the White House is planning to send Nancy Pelosi a letter as soon as today, uh, arguing that Trump and his team can ignore lawmakers' demands until she holds a full House vote. And she has to formally approve an impeachment inquiry, which, you know, we've heard rumors that they have the votes. But it's not... is anybody out there, just raise your hand if you're in your car, wherever you are, people will think you're crazy, but raise your hand up for the good of the order if you think feelings have anything to do with an actual impeachment inquiry. Uh, so do we care if they want it or if they're interested in it or if they're willing to talk about it or do we care if they voted about it and it's actually something they're doing because they've held a vote? Now, the president also has the advantage by doing a letter because... He's been talking about this for a few days. And there's also been some discussion about the president suing them because they're they're really they're defaming him and they're trying to derail his presidency. It's like a coup. It's not an inaccurate description for him to call it a coup. So um, when he does this, it actually sets into motion other options for him. Now, the president obviously wants to force House Democrats in vulnerable races to be on the record. Uh, Republicans also say the minority party can exert more influence over hearings and other aspects of an inquiry once it's formalized. And by calling this inquiry without holding a vote, Pelosi and the Democratic committee chairman are having it both ways as if they, quote unquote, want to be just a little bit pregnant when we all know you can't do that. So the president is calling Nancy Pelosi's bluff. Here, here. Keep it rolling. Keep it coming. That's what we want. All right. We'll be back with more after these messages. Need you to stay right there. To Stacy on the right. Hello. <laughs> 
you guys who watch movies will recognize that little crazy uh, reference. It's actually not a movie. It's from Frasier when the British mom um, was getting in trouble. Anyway, Daphne's mom. If you have never seen Frasier, then you're like, what is she talking about? Uh, so I want to so also want to also ask, and I'll check in the comments here, um, if anyone has been watching this show called Billionaires, this is one of the ones that a girlfriend of mine recommended it to me. She says she's been watching. It's been very interesting. And of course, I'm looking, I already looked on VidAngel and it's there. So I'm thinking my husband and I might try an episode out. That's that's where we are right now. Can I just tell you guys with two kids in college and one who's a high schooler who she has, she's just now starting to kind of get out a little bit and have her own like, you know, persona where she has stuff to go do. My husband and I are finding ourselves at home with a little dog and we're just, I mean, it's just such a weird thing not to have basketball to go to or anything like that. It's interesting. We're transitioning and I don't know. I don't know what to just y'all, y'all pray for your sister over here. She's just, I'm just trying to do the best I can do. Um, so we talked a little bit about Good News Friday. Okay. I'm going to check and see. It looks like this is the correct cut over here that I promised you from last, last segment here. Let me get my mouse going. Um, first on CBS. Okay. It is. Okay. So let me set this up. You are listening to Gail King, and she's talking about this new Planned Parenthood over here. I already gave you all the details, but I want you to hear um, the actual details about the center and how they duped people into working on this thing. And she doesn't consider it that way. Remember the perspective that Gail King and others over at CBS have is that it's good to trick people into working on a Planned Parenthood because women need access to reproductive rights, quote unquote. Um it's just amazing how deceived these people are. And I want to stress that because we tend to get really angry and, and I'm, I'm guilty of this as well. I feel like these people, it's like they're evil. Well, evil is, abortion is evil. Um, working to promote it is, is, it's evil. But the people themselves are deceived and they're in need of a savior. So we have to keep our minds and hearts oriented to that so that, that God can work through us. Uh, here's this information. So a couple minutes of info here. Check it out. First on CBS, Planned Parenthood is announcing the opening of a new mega facility close to states where abortion access is restricted. The new clinic was built in secret in Illinois near the Missouri border. Missouri has some of the strictest abortion laws in the country. CBS News reporter Kate Smith visited the facility as it was being built. She's been reporting on abortion issues since last year. Kate, welcome to the Thank table. You. And start us off, what's the significance, rather, of this new clinic? I keep hearing it's ginormous and big. Exactly. So in recent months, states across the South and Midwest, they've been implementing stricter and stricter anti-abortion laws. But this new clinic is in Illinois, where the state is moving in the opposite direction. So this is the site of our brand new building here in Illinois. We first visited the new clinic in August. The sensitive project was being built in secret under the code name Alaska. Dr. Colleen McNicholas showed us around. Um, we know that our colleagues at other Planned Parenthoods and independent abortion clinics across the country have had difficulty opening new clinics. Things as simple as getting the phone company to come in and put phone and data lines, things like the cabinet makers not showing up to deliver once they knew that that facility was going to be an abortion facility. The 18,000 square foot building cost nearly $7 million to build. Planned Parenthood estimates the new office can handle up to 11,000 patients a year. The clinic is only miles from the Missouri border. It's positioned to accommodate patients from nearby states with strict abortion laws. 
In the last two years, the number of women crossing the Illinois border for abortions has more than doubled. On a personal level, I just have it in my heart to serve women. Mary Kate Knorr is executive director of Illinois Right to Life. The purpose of a law is to set a moral standard for society. Knorr says she's disgusted Illinois has become what she calls the abortion capital of the Midwest. It's a travesty that this is happening in our state. It's a travesty that women come here to get in. So what you're hearing there is so many people. Um, well, you're what you're not hearing there is the representation for people who were forced to put cabinets, run data lines, run cable, run plumbing, people who would not have participated in standing up an abortion center did so because they thought it was just a medical center. They weren't sure what it was. And so they helped to build it. And so I just, I want you guys to know that, you know, there's, there's, you know what it's like if you've been robbed or if someone's tricked you into doing something. I actually had that feeling earlier this week and I was so ashamed of myself for participating, for allowing myself to be used. And so you feel that it sticks with you for days on end. You, you literally think to yourself, it's a lot of negative self-talk. Why did I do that? Why did I put myself in a position to be used like that? Why did I allow this person who, I, how did I forget that they've done this to me before? And that's where you are for a while. But you, at some point you have to say, and I want you to say it, God is in control. Um, they may have done this to me. I, I have to accept it. I have to move on. It's happened. You know, it's, it's like if someone cuts you off in traffic. You can be mad about it for the next three days or you can just accept that they cut you off you didn't have an accident, move on. Something like that. And the people who participated in building this center are in that position where they're, it's worse for them because they helped to build something where babies are going to die. Women are going to be harmed there. The same abortion hacks that are doing the bad abortions here in Missouri, they're the same doctors who are going to be working at this new clinic. I want you to let that sink into you for a second. The doctors who refused to come before the Missouri Health Department and discuss the 73 ambulance calls over the past 10 years, they refused to come in and answer questions about why women were being carted out of the Planned Parenthood in ambulances and why some of them were showing up to the hospital, you know, needing pints and pints of blood, et cetera, et cetera. They wouldn't come in and answer just simple questions about it. So these same people will be the ones in Illinois doing abortions over there and with no repercussions because Illinois has recently passed legislation that allows them to hide the records from freedom of information requests. They don't have to answer. They don't have to share any information. They don't have to have any reporting. And all of their uh, regulations surrounding what's a clinic, what's not a clinic, the rules, none of those rules apply to abortion clinics. So Yes, the place where you go to have, maybe you have an Achilles tendon tear or you hurt your um, your hamstring or something. You pull, you know, it, you, these are like sport in, injuries and you go into an outpatient clinic and you have to have some kind of, you know, basically it's surgery, but in an outpatient basis, they put you under some temporary anesthesia that wears off after two or three hours. And so when you come out of the surgery, which takes 30 minutes, you lay in the recovery and you're still under for about an hour and then they revive you. And then your spouse or your sister or whoever's picking you up, picks you up. They make sure you're, co you're coherent and you understand your instructions. You know, take this pain reliever every six hours, blah, blah, blah. Call us if you have any complications. And then off you go. Those clinics have to have higher standards 
than abortion clinics. Now, I, and I, I'm, I'm not going to go into too much detail because we all know what an abortion is, but can we just agree that an abortion is far more invasive than, you know, uh, someone making a teeny little half inch incision in your heel to work on your Achilles tendon? Can we just agree on that real quick? Where's all the protect all women? Women deserve protection. Uh, you know, men shouldn't be telling women what to do with their bodies. Where is all of that? Oh, I'm sorry. When we're talking about reproductive rights, all of that goes out of the window. So just like, you know, it happens to the best of us. We let our guard down and we're tricked and we're used and we just give it over to the Lord. And that's what these good, fine contractors are going to have to do who were tricked and duped into helping to build an abortuary. But I hope also what they'll do, if you're one of those people or you know one of those people, I hope they will contact their mayor and say, how did you let this go down? How did the permitting authority allow a building to be built without letting the neighbors know what it was going to be. And I hope that you sincerely take it into your hands that these elected officials should be fired. The next time they're up for election, they shouldn't be reelected because they allowed this huge abortion center to be built next to these other buildings that don't want it. These other businesses don't want this building there. And the contractors who worked on it didn't have a choice to say whether they wanted to contribute to this. And somebody should be held accountable. Make it happen. It's your job. These are your elected officials. So, and I know we have people in the listening audience who are in Illinois. And God bless you for living in the People's Republic of Illinois. And I know down south in southern Missouri, that's really God's country. Lots of Republicans live there. You're disenfranchised. And I get it. You've been there for generations. You're not giving up on your state. But this is something that they've got to answer for. And it's your job as citizens to make it happen. Don't give up. You're not done yet. If, if I'm willing to drive from where I live, which is way further out than 13 miles away from where this clinic is, if I'm willing to drive all the way over there to protest and to call upon the name of the Lord and ask him to bring justice to those 18,000 square feet, then you got to be willing to do something with your elected officials over there. Make something happen. All right. So we'll see you there on Wednesday night. Um, Wednesday at 530. We'll be there. They apparently haven't even built a sidewalk because they don't want us over there, but that's okay. We don't need a sidewalk. I'll wear my boots, the ones that I wore when I did the baton march uh, for like six miles when I marched to see President Trump in Columbia. I'll have those cowgirl boots on. They're good for walking. And uh, if it's muddy, if it's sunny, if it's hot, if it's cold, those boots will handle it. I'll put on some thick boot socks and I'll be there. Um, We're going to be there. We're going to do this thing. So join us. Um, So... We talked about the unemployment rate for Good News Friday. And um, I just want to talk a little bit about how the Democrats can't win on a fair playing field. So can we just all agree that if the Democrats put a campaign ad out and Fox News doesn't play it, they say Fox News is in the tank for the Republicans and Fox News isn't fair and balanced and Fox News isn't real news. But when CNN refuses to air a commercial by the president of the United States' campaign, that's just because he wasn't telling the truth or it was an unfair hit job. So you know me. I want you to hear it. So I'm going to let you hear it because CNN won't let you hear it. And if there's anything I'm here for, it's letting you hear stuff CNN doesn't want you to hear. So here's the first one. This is a, a commercial that should air on CNN but won't because they're babies and they can't handle the truth. But we can. 
Joe Biden promised Ukraine a billion dollars if they fired the prosecutor investigating his son's company. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. But when President Trump asks Ukraine to investigate corruption, the Democrats want to impeach him, and their media lapdogs fall in line. They lost the election. Now they want to steal this one. Don't let them. I'm Donald Trump, and I approve this message. So let me tell you something. There ain't, there's not a lie in there. Not one. Not one lie in that whole 30-second commercial. But CNN is so sensitive to the fact that their anchors are in the pictures in the commercial getting called out. And they don't want people to know they've been lying. Because, you know, if it's one thing a liar will do for you, if he's lying to you, if she's lying to you, is they'll make sure, if they can, to keep you from hearing the truth. Because who wants to be known to be a liar? One thing liars like to do is to lie to you with impunity without you ever finding out. The minute become, you become wise enough to know that they're lying, you will no longer be interested in hearing anything that comes out of their pie hole. They will become uninteresting to you. In fact, they will become anathema to you. You will want them to keep their lying lips away from you. And that is what CNN is most concerned about. Their ratings are already in the toilet. They're already 110% fake news. But what do they want to do? They want to make sure that you, the listener, the viewer, don't know that. So they're not going to let Donald Trump prove they're lying. Come on now. They're not going to let that happen. But I'm going to let it happen because I'm over here. This, this is what I live for. This is why I'm here. Democrats trying to undo the election, regardless of facts. Well, we know it's not illegal. What crime was violated? Can you name one? Attacking the president by any means necessary. The entire whistleblower complaint is based on hearsay. This seems to me like a political setup. Fabricating evidence. Adam Schiff in the middle of a committee hearing making crap up. None of those things are in this transcript. It's nothing short of a coup and it must be stopped. I'm Donald Trump and I approve this message. Oh, and I approve it too. I'm Stacey Washington and I approve this message as well. Okay. I approve. I approve. I approve. So, um, these are things, these are 30 second commercials and they could easily play them and then say, you know, this is what we don't agree with in this commercial, or they could have their own, you know, democratic commercials run next to them. But instead they're just like, that's how you know it's censorship. That's how you know they're full of garbage. That's how you know they're fake news. They're not even going to play the commercial. So, and you know what? You're going to do what you're going to do. We already know that. Um, And I'm going to do what I'm going to do. So first off, I want to point you, and I actually haven't hit post on this, but Glenn Beck had a two hour special that he did about the Democrat Ukraine, the Democrats, Russia, you know what I've said for years and years and years is that whatever the Democrats are accusing Republicans of doing, the Democrats have actually done. They're accusing the president of undue influence, using his office for undue influence, and they're the ones who did it. They did it, not President Trump. So they're accusing him of it, but what it is is they did it, and Glenn Beck actually exposed all of it. It's an excellent, so if you want to cut it down from two hours, you can skip ahead to about 15 minutes in and start there because the intro is good, but it's not, it's not the information you need. He also said he was posting links, which I have um, put on there as well in, 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 the, in the bottom so you can click through and see the sources of the information that he shares. And you know Glenn Beck is really good for putting up a huge uh, blackboard behind him and then drawing diagrams on it and letting you see um, so 
I recommend that you listen to it. And it's kind of lengthy, obviously, so you can do it in a couple of sittings. Um, It's not that you need to watch it so much, although it is good to watch some of it. If you're trying to decide between not looking at it at all or whether or not you have to watch it and stop everything that you're doing, don't miss the information because you don't have time to stop and watch it. Just put it on your phone while you're cleaning, cooking, doing whatever, and try to consume it in you know a few sittings. But it's the information you need to know about the Ukraine. And I'm not going to steal his thunder. He put together the special. You watch it from him. Uh, it's good stuff. Um, he's still he's still good to go. You know, I mean, you got to respect the guy. All right, we'll be right back. on the right. Welcome. Thank you so much for being here today. So I wanted to just give a shout out and I didn't really do a lot of promotion last night. I I emceed the Vitae dinner and it was Elisha Krause. And so first off, I, so you know how it is when you meet someone for the first time and then you haven't seen them in like six years. I think I met her in, it was either 2013 or 2014, which that's not six years ago, but it's still quite a bit ago. And um, it, at the time, I think she's obviously she was in her 20s. She used to be the producer for the Sean Hannity show. And then she went on to be uh, some some high ranking thing with PragerU. Um, she had her own radio morning show. Um, now she works for the Daily Wire with Ben Shapiro and Andrew Clavin. And so she was the fill in speaker because Matt Walsh, he is a father again for the fourth time. His wife had their fourth child not yesterday, but the day before. So he was scheduled to speak, but his wife had to be induced early. And of course, good dads, you want to be there for the labor and delivery. So he did. So Elisha came in his place and she gave an amazing speech. I mean, it was so in-depth and, and wonderful. And I was the MC, So the MC gets the fun job because there's no pressure. All you have to do is keep the program on time, which I did. I got a little off time at first, but then we caught back up. So we were good to go. And I cracked the jokes and just had a great time. Um, I, I made the people laugh, you guys. I made them laugh because, you know, it was a fundraiser for Vitae. Um, it was also a chance for people to get together and spend some time with like-minded individuals to hear a great speaker, Elisha Krause, and also to get an update on what Vitae is doing. And so uh, I want to give a shout out to Rachel Blackmore of Vitae for having me out to be the MC, And, and a shout out to Elisha Krause, who was stunning and intelligent and relevant and powerful and really a great chance just to, you know, sometimes you're sitting there and you don't know what to expect. I've heard her before. Obviously, I've heard her on the radio. I think we've even, I may, I'm, I believe I've had her on my program before years ago. Um, but it was so neat because I didn't think she'd remember me. And so I even told Rachel, I was like, I've met her before. She said, do you know who she is? I said, yes, I do. I've met her before. She may not remember. And so when I walked up, she was like, of course I remember you. Um, And she was so sweet. She said, you haven't aged at all. And I was thinking, oh, my gosh, you're such a beautiful liar. Um, She, on the other hand, literally looked the same as the first time I ever met her a few years back. So now she has three kids. And at the time I'd met her, of course, my kids were all still in either middle or just just beginning high school. And so I told her, I was like, I got two college students now. And she was like, unbelievable. I was like, yeah, I, I'm sitting over here with you. Like, I have, no, I have no idea how this happened. She actually had a baby with her. 
We didn't get to meet the baby, uh, but she brought her youngest, her newest baby with her um, because she's nursing and so she couldn't be away from her. So it's just really nice. Um, it was it was a privilege to get to do that. And I encourage you to find out more about Vitae. Just type Vitae in. Vitae means life in Latin. Type it in your search engine and find the Vitae near you. It's a Catholic organization. I don't happen to be Catholic myself, but this is an organization that has been around for decades that does an amazing amount of research on what helps women and what true, uh, like true messaging for women, what it looks like, what women respond to. And they've been instrumental in saving just tens of thousands of unborn children from the abortion clinics. So it was great to do. Um, and I get to do it again in November. I'll give you some more information about that when the time comes. If you're local to the St. Louis area or you'll be in town on November 7th, I think it is. Um, definitely think about joining us. Uh, it's going to be a fun night with a really big name who's coming into town and I'll get to be the MC again. So um, that's a little bit of housekeeping stuff. So I mentioned um, this Joe Biden thing. Um, so I want to I want to get to that. I just... So I, I want everybody to feel like, not feel, I want you to know that the Democrats have a huge story of corruption having to do with Joe Biden, Joe Biden's son, Nancy Pelosi's son, also is in the energy business and tied up in this thing. This is crony capitalism at its worst. And so they had the ex-Ukraine envoy go in to testify yesterday and it didn't go well for the Democrats. His name is Kurt Volker and he was dragged in to testify privately before Congress regarding President Trump's quote unquote, this is a lie, quid pro quo. That's a lie. He did not quid pro quo. How could he? He's the president. Anyway, um, so former U.S. envoy for Ukraine, Kurt Volker, appeared on Capitol Hill on Thursday as one of the first witnesses to go before the congressional body for this, quote unquote, impeachment probe. Now, first of all, if they haven't voted on impeachment probe, how can it be an impeachment probe? OK. Also, the whistleblower is a registered Democrat. Just want to throw those out there. Just want to throw those salient facts out there for you to consider. So the whistleblower complaint um, is about the. July 25th phone call with Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky. Volker is participating in this closed-door transcribed interview with members of the House Intelligence Oversight and Foreign Affairs Committees. Um, You know, whatever. Like, this is just all garbage. Just can we all just do our little, like we could do our little Shaquille O'Neal shoulders. Garbage. We know what we're dealing with here. It's nothing. So a number of tweets came out. Manu Raju tweeted, Republicans, including Jordan and Meadows, emerged and told reporters that nothing Volcker has said so far advances Schiff's probe. They refuse to go into details as the interviews are ongoing. This is yesterday after the interviews. Mike Turner, who's a Republican member on the House Intel Committee, tweeted out, Turner says in a statement, it's my strong belief that Volcker would not have been involved in nor permitted anything inappropriate, let alone illegal, in his service to our country. I do not believe that Volcker's testimony advanced Schiff's impeachment agenda. Sean Davis tweeted out, an official familiar with the testimony of State Department official Kurt Volcker describes the testimony as a setback for Schiff's impeachment efforts. So far, Volcker's testimony does nothing to advance Chairman Schiff's theory of the case. Democrats were asked also as they emerged from this interview. 
Schiff, when he was asked, declined to comment, but said that Trump's comments were repugnant. So can we just all agree that the president should change his Twitter name to repugnant tweets per POTUS? Not because they're actually repugnant, but because that would be a finger in the eyeball of the Democrats because they seem to think we care. And and again, Shaquille O'Neal's shoulders, we don't care. We don't care. We do not care what they think about President Trump's tweets. The fact that they're annoyed by his tweets, they're annoyed by his statements, the fact that anytime he's breathing in and out and he's alive, it drives them nuts. So that's what we're thinking when we're sipping our coffee or eating our ice cream or if you're a cake eater, or if you like, you know, cheesecake or pie, whatever it is that you enjoy, popcorn, or maybe you love vegetables. Whenever you're enjoying yourself and your mind just drifts off and you return to the idea that President Trump is somewhere alive and kicking or that Ivanka Trump is still tall, thin, rich, and beautiful, or that, you know, the first lady of the United States is gorgeous and speaks five languages. Anytime you think about any of that, or that God is good, or that he died on the cross for us, or that he's sitting on the throne, and that his word is yes and amen, whatever gets your boat. If you're listening to the Christian music like I do, and you're just pumping your fists and driving down the street thinking, couldn't be, couldn't be any better. Isn't the weather great? Just glad I woke up alive and in my right mind today. Praise God. And you know a Democrat is somewhere spinning around. They just can't stand to be alive. Well, welcome to America. I hope you're enjoying it. Because <laughs> I sure am. <laughs> if, whatever it is that, you, that gets you. If you're holding your grandchild or your, or your child and you're squeezing their little juicy legs or looking into their beautiful eyes and thinking, wow, amazing. Just know there's a Democrat out there that thinks we should eat the babies instead of loving them. And that this is this is America, too. This is America. So Manny Raju also asked Schiff about the GOP contention that the Volcker testimony was undercutting to his probe. He declined to comment. Democratic members who left the meeting, Jerry Connolly and Jamie Raskin, also refused to comment. Um, It was a total bust. Bust like not good, like popped bubble, like you didn't want any of this, but you went for it anyway. Like, how did the young people say it? You tried it. <laughs> didn't do you any good, though. <laughs> Stop trying it. That's what happened. So um, as we are going into the last five minutes or so of the show here, I just want to call it out. Um, the Democrats still haven't learned diddly. They have not learned that Donald Trump is not the guy we sent in there to be their friend. He's not the guy we sent in there to bow down to them or to make them feel good about themselves and their efforts. He's the guy we sent in there because all the other guys said they would do stuff and then went in and were co-opted by the Democrats. And this is the uncooptable guy. Even when they've had President Trump on the ropes with, you know, Stormy Daniels and other things like that, that should have been deal breakers for him. President Trump was like, not today, Zerg. I'm, I'm going to hang in here for the long haul. Now, one of the things that I saw recently over, um, it was over at Big Bad Blue. And the name of the post is Stuff Trump Didn't Do, Illustrated. And it's a series of comics. Trump didn't invade a country without congressional authorization. That was Obama. Trump didn't order the IRS to target his political enemies. That was Obama. Trump didn't wiretap dozens of reporters in order to find leaks that would politically harm him. Again, that was Obama. Trump didn't go to sleep while an attack on a diplomatic compound raged on and an ambassador was murdered. Trump didn't wait 
until he'd returned from his fundraisers and then straight up lied to the victim's parents about the cause of the attack. This is Benghazi. Yeah, I said it again. If that hurt you, let me say it one more time so the hurt can be real. Benghazi. Okay, now you've officially been hurt by me. Just deal with it. Trump didn't send his national security advisor out on five talk shows to lie about the Ameri- to lie to the American people about the attack. That was Obama. Trump didn't send 2,000 assault weapons to Mexican drug cartels, which resulted in the deaths of dozens of Mexicans and at least two U.S. law enforcement agents. That was Eric Holder and Barack Obama. You're welcome, because I'm saying it still, and I know you don't like it, but I don't care. Trump didn't hand $150 billion to the world's leading state sponsor of terror on a pallet, cash. Trump didn't do that. That was Obama. Oh, and Trump didn't launch an illegal spy campaign on his political opponents to first influence and then overturn the results of an American election where U.S. taxpaying voters went out and decided who they wanted to run this country. And then he said, no, not today. I'm going to decide Trump didn't do that. Obama did. So I'm not sure why we're trying to impeach Donald Trump. I'm not sure why that's happening. Maybe because we can't impeach Obama because he already served his term out. But there were no drones. Trump didn't do any of these things. It was the worst president in the history of this country. Even worse than Carter. And you know that's bad. Barack Obama. Which Big Bad Blue calls Barack Sotero Dunham Millhouse Obama. (laughs) (laughs) but do go on about Trump asking Ukraine to cooperate with U.S. law enforcement. So the point of me sharing that with you is that we have plenty of ammunition with which to fight and argue against what has been told to us by those in the mainstream media and those who dislike the president. And I understand that it hurts, it burns that he won, and it really burns that you know that He's probably going to win again. He's got like a 74% chance of winning uh, re-election. And it just increases every time we have good news about uh, the unemployment rate or, or, or um, you know, our foreign policy actually working. It, it's all going in his favor because it's about the job that he's doing. Now, if we make it about how crazy hurt the, um, how crazy hurt the, the, Democrats are, then sure, it doesn't look like he can win. Um, But that's not what this is about. This is about whether or not the president deserves to have four more years. And clearly he does. 158,269,000 Americans are working. I just don't know what else it is that you need to hear. So I saw some information that I want to share just just as an aside as we're going out here. Hunter Biden, son of Joe Biden, actually, after his brother died, he left his wife and started up a relationship with his dead brother's wife and then left her for some woman that he impregnated and then went on to marry. If you cared about Stormy Daniels, but you don't care about Hunter Biden, you're kind of a hypocrite. Just saying. So put that in your pipe and smoke in on a Friday afternoon. Good News Friday was awesome. And you've been awesome. Thanks for being with us. We'll be back with you on Monday with more Stacey on the Right. God bless.